everyone. This is Janelle Penny, Senior Writer for Buildings, with another episode of our podcast. Today I'm joined by Sean Ahrens, who's going to speak with us about the security threats of tailgating and piggybacking. He's a leader in the field of security and resilience, and he's a project manager for Affiliated Engineers. Sean, thanks for joining me today. Hey, not a problem. Thanks for having me on the on the podcast. So what is tailgating, and how are tailgating and piggybacking different? Uh, it's the same thing. It's basically, you know, following in someone who's authorized uh, to basically gain access to a facility illegitimately. Got it. Okay, and what are some of the security risks that that can pose? What kinds of things could happen? Uh, huge issues. I, I mean, I think that we saw, you know, I, I'm going to step out of bounds here, but I would uh, go as far to say as tailgating was one of the approximate reasons that we had the uh, target loss where the individual masqueraded as a mechanical person, gained access to a mechanical area, and then plugged in a laptop and stole a whole bunch of uh, protected information. Sure, I think the other danger associated tailgating is you don't know the bad guys in your building. Right. So how can you tell if someone has entered your facility that way? Is there a good way to detect them or... Is there a good metric for tracking who's, you know, tailgated into your facility? So I, I think the, the best way is to test your program uh, for tailgating, and that's basically identifying the different uh, approaches to tailgating and the areas and times that tailgating can occur. And by testing that, you can essentially identify if you've got an issue. Uh, ultimately, tailgating management is, really tied towards uh, employee awareness, security staff awareness, uh, and I think the cornerstone of preventing it is the ID badge. That makes sense. Could you tell me a little bit more about, you know, changing that culture to discourage people from allowing other people in or how you would conduct that training? Well, I think the the best thing to do uh, with this type of program is that, you know, we're driven by convenience these days. And I think the warning signs and, you know, thou shalt not do this and you basically get uh, reprimanded if you're caught, I think that's the wrong approach. And I think the best way to go about implementing a training program is going to take time. Um, you're basically, you know, changing a habit of an individual, but we want to essentially create an environment that has a, uh, a posture of welcomeness and using that welcomeness as a opportunity to challenge someone. It's like, hi, um, I, you know, I, I see you're looking here. Do you have an ID or who are you here to see? Simple things like that uh, can go a long way in really fostering that open, inviting environment that all corporate and all organizational cultures are seeking. But moreover, to the aggressor, they put it plants the seed is they know I'm here. I got to get out of here. That makes sense. Um, stepping back to testing this for a moment before you have a real tailgater trying to get in. Um, how do you go about approaching the you know determining what the different approaches are to your facility and um, how do you recommend setting something like that up? So I think the 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 key thing to tailgating is. People just associate tailgating and piggybacking as a centralized, you know, condition, whereas we really need to look at it from what I call a determined aggressor uh, and someone who's going to surveil the facility, identify points of access, 
they're not going to go in during times like, you know, uh, that are non-peak, like at 9 o'clock. Like you see in the movies, right? They come in with a badge, and they're the only person in the lobby. That's not the time that's going to occur. The, these piggybacking and t- tailgating uh, opportunities are going to occur based on location and time. So location, um, more, more often it's not going to be the lobby. It's going to be uh, a secondary employee entrance, uh, ideally one that doesn't have a turnstile and or a optical barrier type of system. Uh, and or the loading dock. I, when I tailgate, the best way I get into facilities is I use the loading dock. A lot of things going on, I basically just have the perception that I belong. So I'm, you know, walking in a line. I might have a roll of drawings with me, associating a social engineering component of pretexting, and then I'm into the facility because no one really wants to stop to ask, you know, where are you going, what are you doing here, what have you. Um, the other aspect is time, right? So, again, don't want to go in when I'm just the only individual. I'm going to tailgate or I'm going to attempt to tailgate during uh, daytime hours uh, at peak times like 8 to 8, 8 9 a.m. and then exiting time uh, right around 4 or 5 o'clock. This is where a lot of things are going on, a lot of potential for nuisances. This is where I could basically use the lobby as an access point or the loading dock or what have you. Sure, a lot of people moving in or moving out. That makes sense. Yep. Um, and I think the the aspect of tailgating too is, you if you tailgating is a fine art, right? If I get on top of someone, like I'm like only like you know a couple centimeters away from them, I'm gonna create you know, undue attention to myself. So the intent for tailgating is for me is to maintain that sweet spot of proximity where. I might be noticed, but I'm not annoying. I'm not inside the person's happy bubble yet. Once I get in the happy bubble, I create additional uh, attention. And also, too, I try to minimize myself. I'm a big guy, right? So if I come up on someone, you know, they think I'm going to accost them or something. So there's that, you know, you got to look for that individual that's looking for that sweet spot. And it's easy to identify individuals that are familiar with tailgating approaches because they'll basically target people they're going to follow in, or they'll build a rapport with someone they're going in, or they'll use, you know, aspects of pretext that I described, or authority, like, you know, who I am, or sympathy. You know, I've uh, I've tailgated by basically taping a bunch of boxes together that look like they're heavy, and I walk by the security, i got to get this up to the CEO's office. Can you just help me? I'll come back down sign and just let me get up there. And they let me in. So that's assisted tailgating, right? So there's different ways to approach tailgating, and it's really tied to social engineering uh, aspects to basically manipulating individuals to get what you want. Wow. So does your approach ever change depending on what type of facility it is? Like what would you do to get into a secure area of a hospital versus, let's say, an office building? Uh, hospitals are extremely porous and open. Uh, getting access to the back office areas, I'm going through the dock. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, with a corporate uh, environment, it could be dock, it could be the main entrance. It just really depends on you know the environment. Typically, when I'm conducting what I call a surreptitious entry exercise, and I call that C because you actually see the vulnerabilities, um, I'm going to do some uh, pre-reconnaissance surveillance to see you know what times people are coming in, what's the peak areas, and what kind of technology they have in place. 
and, you know, technology is wonderful because all these companies brand everything they put there. And so I can see what technology they're using, and I ultimately know if there's vulnerabilities associated with that technology. And I might exploit some of those vulnerabilities to create nuisance alarms or what have you and really just become an opportunity where the technology is not working and they let me in. And I've had that happen as well. Which is the same thing a real tailgater would be doing, right? Knowing these Exactly. Things. Anybody who knows, anybody who's been tailgating uh, for a period of time knows these same tactics. They're very intuitive, and people do basically just build on to it. And I think that training that you were talking about, you know, the ID badge, we're getting further and further away from the ID badge. This is going to emphasize the potential for tailgaters in the future. Although technology is adopting and that we are going to have some other opportunities to do some things pretty cool in the future, I would predict. Uh, but right now, the ID badge and that customer-driven uh, opportunity for employees to engage with people that don't belong is key. And that's in, and tra- employees need to be trained around aspects of social engineering to see what things are out of place. Like, for instance, a guy walking around with a roll of drawings that, you know, has, we haven't done any construction with a hard head and roll drawings, that's a perfect opportunity to say, hey, listen, uh, what are you doing here? How can I help you? And that's all it takes. They don't think, you know, it's not in the movies where you tackle them. Once you plant that seed and, you know, doing these surreptitious entry exercises, kind of like cops and robbers, once you plant that seed in the individual, they get out of the building. And after that, you've basically delayed access because they're going to want to change their appearance after that because they don't know what you know. That is the biggest deterrent that we can provide to this. Oh, that makes Okay. So um, speaking of the vulnerabilities that you just mentioned with, you know, different types of technology, are there other physical things that you can do at your facility once you feel like you've got the the cultural component locked down um, to discourage tailgating and piggybacking? Tailgating, and this is for highly restricted sites like financial sites or sites that hold data centers or have uh, PI information or other um, sensitive data uh, or other assets they want to control is full height turnstiles. And that's something that I've advocated for the longest period of time. Uh, there's some drawbacks and, and uh, to it, but I think in the in the the broadest terms, it's the best way to basically identify who comes in, who comes out, and it's uh, controlling access. The second is optical turnstiles. Optical turnstiles work really well from a passive, uh, no barriers, as well as a barrier uh, component. But visitor management also has a key part in that as well. So now if I gain access, you know, for instance, if I want to try tailgating, right, and there's no visitor management platform or it's just a sign-in log, right, which is not GDPR compliant, um, when I walk up to the, the gate and I try to get in, someone stops me, like, who are you? What are you doing here? Oh, oh, I'm, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, oh, I, I was just going to see a thing. Are you, uh, are you a visitor here? Uh, yes. Well, you need to check into our visitor management system. I'm not going to want to check into the visitor management system. I'm not going to want to author my, authorize my credentials. So these components, these hardware elements, but specifically visitor management that, you know, takes a credential, scans an ID, scans a name or what have you. These are powerful elements to preventing and hardening your target to someone who might use social engineering and tailgating to gain access to your facility. Great. What should you look for in something like that? In uh, the visitor management systems? Yeah. 
and or the uh, the hardware technology for like right. Uh, right. what I was talking about, the full height turnstiles and optical turnstiles. So uh, let's talk about the the full height turnstile. Full height turnstile. I think one of the key things to make sure that when you're employing is life safety code. Many people pop these things up and they don't realize you got to still maintain life safety code. So there's that aspect also, accessibility access. Um, and so having another, you're creating a vestibule. There's a significant cost to, associated to these devices. And then also uh, with regards to the technology, you know, being able to identify the presence of a, someone inside the vestibule. You want the vestibule large enough so it will accommodate uh, individuals, heavier set individuals, without making them, you know, feel confined. Uh, but we also don't want to make it big enough so someone can actually, you know, squeeze in there with that individual. With the optical turnstiles, you got to test the technology. I mean, it's just they, you know, we're looking at LiDAR and all these other different technologies coming out there. At the end of the day, you just don't buy something based on a cut sheet or, you know, based on a salesman's promise. You need to actually pull these devices out, set them up, and test them to make sure that they have the capability to address your environment. So for in Chicago, a lot of people, baggy coats and what have you, some sensors, some devices won't work with that or will need additional calibration. Uh, so there's that aspect. I clearly and believe that anytime you're looking at these types of technologies, you want to test them in the, your environment to make sure that they work within your culture. Visitor management, key thing with visitor management, you, you know, you have to look at your state laws and what you can capture and what have you, but moreover, want to make sure that's a GDPR uh, compliant system. But at a root, you want to basically identify the photo as well as the information, you know, name and what have you from a state licensed, in, uh, licensed uh, identification card. Uh, you don't want to use a business card or what have you, passport, any of those types of things uh, that are going to add another level for an individual that has to, you know, bring some forgery elements into or what have you are going to add delay. So these are key components uh, to, I believe, minimizing tailgating in the future. And especially are going to be especially important as we move away from the ID badge, which we are doing. Sure. Would you recommend that these um, technologies to every type of facility, or are there certain things that certain types of facilities should do? Like I'm thinking of my local hospital where, you know, obviously the patient gets the electronic bracelet, but visitors just sign in on a literal paper log, and there's nothing on the door to keep anybody out, really. So um, would the measures that they should be taking be different from the ones you know, in like a corporate setting like we've been talking about, or are there certain things that big settings where nobody really knows anyone like a meeting venue should be doing? So that's an, that's an excellent point, and again, it really associates to the environment. For hospitals, visitor management is going to be a key. Um, badging and putting optical turnstiles probably not going to be something that is uh, realistically implementable. But um, in that case, uh, you know, ID badge and really enforcing, uh, you know, employees challenging individuals that they believe don't belong, uh, driving that customer, you know, patient satisfaction element uh, not only drives security, but also uh, the messaging that the hospital wants to portray. Corporate environments, multi-tenant environments, uh, different type of element there 
we're going to probably look at other technologies in the future that are going to supplement uh, the uh, decay of the ID badge. You know, people don't want to carry an ID badge. Uh, it doesn't have a photo on it or what have you. They're looking more at mobile credentials. And there's some things that, you know, we'll be able to do with, like, Bluetooth beacons and what have you that are, you know, bleeding edge right now, uh, but potentially something that those types of elements could look in the future. For very highly secure environments, you know, the motorized operated door full height turnstile, as I described, are great opportunities for ROI, uh, as well as maintaining security to your facility, assuming other elements such as you have a secure credential and what have you are in place. Great. Sean, thank you so much for joining me today. Is there anything else that you'd like to add or any takeaways that you'd like to leave our audience with? No, I, you know, certainly if the audience has additional questions or they have, you know, uh, concerns or want to follow up on this commentary or are looking at expanding their visitor management systems or manage, minimizing tailgating, they can reach out to me and, uh, you know, if they want to grab my contact details, hopefully you put that in the, in the podcast. Definitely. Sean, thanks again for joining us today, and thank you, listeners, for listening to us. Uh, please check out our previous podcast at buildings.com and subscribe to us on iTunes, 